Chapter 2 Our village consisted of about twenty houses, small farms like ours with chickens, a cow, and apple orchards. The bus drove slowly through Glogovs and Poklek until it finally stopped at the turnoff to our village. From there we had to walk up a long, sloping hill. Mr. Goran had driven down to the main road to pick up Lena and her mother and drive them home but he didn't offer us a ride. It wouldn't look good if he did, and if we accepted, the whole village would talk about us behind our backs and call us traitors. We started the long walk, carrying our grocery bags. Although my mittens helped, the bag handles soon cut into my palms. But this wasn't a good day to complain, so I said nothing. Instead, I hurried to keep up with Mama and Ilir. The minute we got home, I asked, Mama, what did Lena's mother say to the police? Nothing, Miss Big Ears. Now go get water for tea, Zana, Mama said to me as she unpacked the flour, oil, sugar, bitter coffee, and cookies. Ilir, bring in some more firewood. It's getting late. I took a pan from the wood stove and hurried back out into the cold, crisp air. I was glad to be home. The air in Pristina smelled of diesel fumes and bitter smoke from piles of smoldering garbage. I was a country girl. When Albanian kids in Pristina made fun of us village kids and called us stupid peasants, I didn't care. They didn't know what they were missing in their noisy city full of boutiques and disco bars. As far as I was concerned, city kids were a bunch of snobs. Our house stood near the crest of the hill. All around us was a view of woods, valleys, and rolling hills with the steep Albanian mountains to the west. It was a beautiful spot, and once Lena told me it was the reason her family had moved here from Mitrovica. Her father had hated the city. But it was cold out now, and the ground near the pump was frozen with hard, lumpy mud. Quickly, I pumped water into the big pan. I hadn't bothered to put my mittens back on, and the pump handle felt ice cold. Once, Luan, who was twelve, had spit on his palm and grabbed the handle, and then his hand stuck to the pump handle, and my mother had to pour warm water on it so he could get his hand loose. Luan was always doing things like that. I hurried back inside and was greeted by the smell of simmering french fries. Mama was slicing big chunks of homemade bread, and I cut white cheese into slabs. We would have bread, cheese, potatoes, and glasses of tea for dinner. I carried the food into the living room and set it on the low table. The boys were watching auto racing from Italy on TV. Bright yellow and red cars covered with advertisements whizzed around a curvy racetrack. I couldn't see anything interesting about it at all. My father sat down in the big chair. My mother served him first. He took a piece of bread and tore it in two. So you had a big scare on the bus today, he asked. I nodded. I hate them, I said. Papa sighed, then leaned forward and looked at me closely. Listen, Zana, don't let them fill your heart with hate. Whatever happens... 
Promise me that. Will you? But I paid no attention, except to the words, whatever happens. Those words scared me. What was going to happen? Did he mean to say, when a war started? My father took the TV remote and switched to the Albanian station from Tirana, the only place that broadcast news about our situation. We found out that two Serbian police stations had been attacked the night before, one in Peja and one near the border with Serbia in Mitrovica. Some KLA members had fired automatic rifles at police standing in front of the police stations, and one Serb had been killed. That was why there had been so many police around today, and now their leaders would once again call us terrorists on Serbian TV from Belgrade. I started to chew on my fingernails.